Welcome to the Healer Dealer Podcast. This is an invitation to be inspired, get curious, expand, and empower your own gifts through conversations with the modern healers of our time. The only way to heal ourselves is to deal with it. I'm your Healer Dealer, Diana Zaloki. So excited you're here. Let's get started. I'm here with Jessica Snow, which those that know me know that I always refer to her as her full name, Jessica Snow. So Jessica, I've been attending your live meditations for maybe four years now. That's how we met. Sort of slightly stalked you a little bit, teacher's pet in class. The thing that I find a little bit challenging when I'm explaining your style of meditation to other people is I just, I'm so excited by it. It feels so magical. It feels like I'm on drugs without being on drugs. It feels the most uber ultra creative experience I've ever had gotten insight. It's let my creativity and my own imagination run wild. I find it hard to summarize that in a very, um, you know, uh, focused like line with people. So I'm going to let you (laughs) describe what it is you do and how would you describe that to somebody? Uh, I pretty much consider my mission, um, vocationally, Uh, to be reconnecting people with their own magic. So what you've described as being your experience coming to the meditations is actually mirroring you. For someone who's maybe not a creative, for someone who is maybe not as into magic, they might have a different experience. They might have an experience of, you know, um, healing or relaxation or something else might be the primary things that they say that meditation did. We can have a room of 50 people. I'm saying the same words, but what's so amazing is that each person is experiencing their own thing that's magical. And it is a reflection of that person and not so much what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Totally. Does that blow your mind when you have uh, people come up to you after class and and explain what they experienced? Yes. And I've seen it, I I didn't know that this is what was going to happen when I started um, in my backyard, uh, you know, doing these very elaborate full and new moon, I mean, meditations, yes, but also like ceremony and ritual and like food and drink afterwards. And, um, but over time, I know because even last night, probably five or six people came up to talk to me afterwards and each person had something profound happen for them, but each description of what happened was different. And again, I'm saying the same words, they're in the same room, they're hearing the same music, and yet that's what's so extraordinary about this is that each person is reconnecting with their own magic, not mine, not the person's next to them. And yeah, it is, it is. It is magical. That word is getting a little, it's losing. I know. It's like the word with like authentic, magical, amazing, but it is magical. (laughs) It is. Yes. So yeah. So what I do is reconnect people with their own magic. And, um, I do that in a lot of different ways. Well, one thing I'm curious about is I know you started these a long time ago in your backyard, but you didn't just start with this style. You had actually started with a different style of meditation, right? Yes. So Ever since I was little, I was always what you would probably call like a seeker, right? I love myths. I love fairy tales. I loved, you know, the kind of esoteric section in a used bookstore. Um, I loved all that. 
And then in 2002, I started doing Vipassana meditation. Um, and that's more of what, like a strict style of meditation. You have to sit in a certain way for a certain length of time. You're only paying attention to the feeling of breathing. And there's a lot of rules. And knowing what I know now, I now realize that that is a much more masculine style of spiritual practice. And over the years, I have learned to kind of balance some of that discipline and those rules with also some softness and letting creativity come in and letting spontaneity come in and letting in some more feminine receptivity um, and also being able to like you know, there's enough things in life that are hard on us and we're all basically walking around with some wounds. We have, you know, we're, we're all hurt in some way. And I really believe that meditation or any spiritual practice that you do should be a place that you're being embraced and supported and uplifted and it doesn't become another place where you can shame yourself for not doing something right. Um, so... Vipassana meditation is a venerable tradition. There are a lot of aspects of that that actually I do write into my meditations, especially at the beginning, to help people arrive and cultivate presence and get that zen, calm thing happening. And it sounds like one of those things that it's like you learn the rules so you could break them. It is. It was. And also, like, I had a lot of stuff that I needed to work through personally. Um, between 2002 and 2011, when I started sharing um, spiritual practices with other people and there were a lot of things about the container of Vipassana meditation that were really helpful for me and I also had a teacher that really was a guide for me and I think the structure of that more formal kind of training um, was helpful for me personally um, and it just ended up that that's not where I shine the most professionally. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. So people that may be listening may have dabbled in meditation. There's so many great apps now out there. What would you say to somebody who is feeling overwhelmed, slightly intimidated, they can't sit still, they can't focus, that even though you're creating this space, this open space for them to show up however they want, and it's one of my favorite things about your meditations is you give everybody permission to, if you're more comfortable to sit up, sit up. If you're more comfortable, lay down, lay down. Do you, which we have discussed sidebar we need to find a higher octave of that word. You do you. Anywho, what would you say to somebody that is feeling a little intimidated or, um, you know, have that self-pressure on them as far as like, oh, I can't meditate. I can't focus. Like, what would you tell them? Well, a lot of people do say, I can't meditate. And I say, why? And they say, I can't stop my thoughts. That's, that's the number one, I think, misconception. And my response to that is like, why would you want to stop your thoughts? Okay, so... If your thoughts stop, well, something's gone wrong, right? What we want is to create a little distance from our thoughts so that our thoughts flow by, we perceive them, but we don't get carried away with them. So we understand that just because I think a thing doesn't mean it's true. Just because I have a thought doesn't mean that that's the end all be all truth. Um, so that's one thing about thoughts specifically. But another thing is, again, we're all doing the best we can with what we have. So if you want to meditate, maybe don't even call it that word. 
and set aside just a short amount of time for yourself. And, you know, if you like crystals, bring some crystals in. If you like music, play a piece of music. If you like incense or a certain candle, light that. And just, if you like to be outside, go outside for five minutes every morning. It doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. You can lay down, you can use headphones, you can make anything into a meditation. You can, if you're preparing food for your family, that can be a meditation. Literally anything can, as long as you're bringing your whole self into that moment. So, and also like, I feel very strongly there's a lot of like wellness talk, you know, uh, we live in LA and there's a lot of that. And I really feel strongly that meditation doesn't get added to the list of the things that like, quote unquote, we have to do. We have to take our vitamins. We have to work out. We have to do this. If you put meditation into that category, it's going to inhibit your practice. But instead, if you position it as like, I think of my opportunities to meditate throughout the day as like mini breaks or like it's a treat and I'm excited to do that. And, and a mini break could be like two minutes meditating. It could be 30 right? seconds. 30 seconds. It could be five, four, three, two, one for 30 seconds. I'm going to visualize the next segment of my day. How has that helped or changed your day and giving yourself even that short amount of time? Well, it takes the pressure off. I mean, again, it's like we are all doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And if we make meditation into this thing, like, you know, working out or something that we have to do to like be a good person or like earn our place or what, you know, or as an excuse to like be mad at ourselves for not doing it or not doing it right. We miss the point entirely. And it just becomes one more way that we beat up on ourselves. And meditation offers so many gifts. Like I know in the spirit of it, it doesn't want to be that. I love that you like even explaining this again, you're giving people permission to show up. Yeah. No judgment, how they feel. Yeah. One thing I want to get your opinion about is what do you think about the power and the difference in meditating in a group setting versus like on your own? I mean, I love both. Um, I have a very strong, I guess you call it like a solo practice. Um, but there is a lot of power that comes when you come into a room with a lot of people in it um, or even just a few people in it. So there's power in community. But at the end of the day, the reason I have so many meditations that you can listen to on headphones on your own is because it's really fun to come to a big, you know, crystal meditation and full moon meditation, something like that. It's really fun and it's very powerful. But to really actualize the most benefit, meditation is something that you really should start to want to come to every day. And at the point that I'm at multiple times a day for very short periods of time. Um, yeah, so I say both. But also what I love is I feel you've spoken, we've spoken about this before, the sense of community and showing up in real life and being able to get off our phones and Absolutely. look at each other and, and How connect. How often do you turn your phone off for one hour and not look at it? Rarely. Rarely. Yeah. And that's how we all are. And so when you come into a room where it's an unspoken rule that the phones are off and put away, a lot can happen in that hour. And like last night, when we finished the meditation, the whole room was laying down 
and you could just feel the magic really in the air and nobody wanted to sit up nobody wanted it to end nobody and so that was certainly heightened by the fact that it was a full moon that everybody came together everyone was in the room uh, the room felt very beautiful do you feel like that's your superpower in community with meditation group meditation I think my superpower is actually like my connection with my own guides and how that influences my imagination. Because um, you have a wild imagination. I do. <laughs> I'm literally like, I, I, I can't believe sometimes I, I, after some of your meditations, you've seen my the yeah. look at my face. Like, yes. I literally look like I took something. Yes. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's Think remarkable. Feel. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm like, wow. There, there's a deep, deep, deep well. There's um, a deep well, yes. Uh, creativity there. Yeah. But that well is so deep because I have gone back time and time again and I've created my own cosmology where inside me, or even so deep inside it's actually outside, I have different guides and helpers that I go to for different things. I have different you know, interior geographical places that I go to for different things. Um, so yeah, so I have a lot of help even though it's not like I have like an assistant or anything in this regular world. Well, it's funny as you just <laughs> described that your interior. Yes. To me, that is literally, I'm thinking the field. So the field is your new book that just came out. Yes. And what okay. is the field? So the field has a lot of names. Um, in fact, there's a list in the book of names for the field. So the field is whatever it is, this infinite, energetic web that underlies everything. So to some people who are more sciencey, this is gonna be the quantum field or um, nature. To some people who are more spiritual, this is gonna be, you know, God or a pantheon of deities or, um, you know, another word that I feel like has lost its teeth is the universe, because um, obviously we live in a multiverse. Um, to people who are a little bit more hipster, the field is like the computer simulation that we're all living in. So the point of the book is that it doesn't matter what you call it. It makes very good sense to enter into a relationship with this invisible thing that's all around us that is clearly driving much of the action of our lives and our existence. What I love about the book, I haven't simple. finished it just, yet. Just, I know, it's so, so it's just so super simple, simple, super simple. Um, one thing I love about the book, which I've not finished yet, is it both feels like it's holding my hand in the in allowing me, giving me space to think a little bit differently, to be open and make me self-aware that I'm maybe not as open as I thought I was to certain things. Um, and I think that it is really amazing how you've set up the structure of the book in a way that can connect to somebody who's a little bit more, you know, we'll say science-based, factual, or somebody that's super whimsical, magical, mm -hmm. Feyland. It's like you give permission and you connect it back to the core of the field being that it's everything and everyone in one. Yes. It's, it's literally all that is. And, and my intent with this book was very specific. It's that you would look up from the page as you were reading and the same room or the same place where you're reading, the world looks different when you look up and you feel connected because truly none of us is separate. We can all look for examples of all the, you know, 
different things that had to happen for you to even be born, let alone for us to be sitting here at this table, let alone whatever else is going to happen today. Now, this book is completely different than your previous book, 99 yes. Visions. Yes. 99 Visions, you can call me out, I'm saying it wrong, <laughs> but I would describe it as these little, like, quick, magical, whimsical, um, like, story time meditations, where I don't even have to close my eyes, that reading it alone is its own meditation. That's exactly right. So, 99 Visions is a collection of 99 meditations. Um, the field is more of an experience, and it's talking about, as we mentioned, a much bigger thing, the biggest thing. And it is, you know, from thousands and thousands of years, um, we had different organized spiritual practices and religions, much of which many of us have left. But I maintain that there is something very important for human beings to have some uh, connection to something greater than ourselves. And um, so this was my kind of effort to bring that into like the modern life of like a regular person. Um, and once again, always in the attempt to uh, reconnect people to their own power and magic. What would you say between 99 Visions, The Field, your own personal meditation practice, and the beautifully guided group meditations, out of all those, would you say that there's one or two top super uber magical experiences that you've had that you want to share? Sure. One actually happened while I was writing the field. Um, it had a different name and, um, I was having writer's block on a Thursday and Friday morning I woke up and I was like, I have to go to this place that I know that has a lot of trees. And I went to this place with the trees and I had a little notebook and I was just handwriting and all of a sudden things came and the name The Field came. And I had this flash thought, if that's gonna be the name of the book, I'll see a deer, right? And I waited up here in this kind of like, you know, natural spot where I've seen deer before, full disclosure, but no deer came. So I'm like, okay. I walked down into an area where there are tons of people, tons of people back down towards my car and a perfect deer is like 12 feet away from me and just walking around, nibbling on like some leaves and stuff. And I was so shocked, I sat down on the ground and there was kids running around, I mean, there was people everywhere. And this deer just circled me, you know, with like a circle diameter of like, you know, 12 feet. And after like 10 minutes, it left. And I was like, okay, the book is called The Field. And even though I could have written this book by myself, I really wrote it in conjunction with The Field because really, I'm just a little person and I have my own injuries and, and thing and hurts and you know, I'm, I'm just doing the best I can like anybody else. But this is kind of so, it illustrates so perfectly what magic you can tap into if you are willing to recognize that we are part of something bigger. Something can come through you as opposed to being from you and you end up with something that in my opinion is like really amazing. And that's well, another word that I'm over. That is really <laughs> you know what? It's, fantastic. It's fantastic. fantastic. It's spectacular. Uh, spectacular. <laughs> spectacular. I love that. And it's interesting because I was going to ask you, what does magic mean to you? And it's that. Magic is, um, 
Magic is things that happen or things that you create that you can't quite trace all the steps back in an exactly logical way. And maybe as humans, we can't see well, we can't see the way all the information, like our, our, our brains would probably just, you know, quit. So magic is leaving space for something else to come in and, and surprise you and help you. And it's the thing that heals. It's also, you know, it's kind of like the word love. Like it's a tricky one to define, but I know it when I see it and I know it when I feel it. And, um, I'm confident that that's like why I'm here and that's what I'm here to do um, because it is easy for me to um, experience. Now, speaking of not easy, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is, has been or is right now your greatest challenge? So my greatest challenge right now, um, and I don't know if this is revealing too much, but we are friends. TMI, give yeah, it. Yeah, is I... I'm wondering if I am doing a good enough job of being a pro. And what I mean by that is I'm a pro in terms of like, I, I get an inspiration, I make the thing, but then I kind of just like leave the thing there for you to find. And I'm wondering if I'm being professional enough or active enough in terms of making sure that people know about these things that I've made. I sometimes feel like I'm so creative that I just shoot tons of stuff out into the ether. And unless someone sends me an email, which happens like luckily like, you know, 10 times a week about how it impacted them positively. Otherwise, I sometimes feel like I just shoot all this creative product out and I don't know if it's landing. Does Do you feel sense? like that? Absolutely. Do you feel like that's from sort of the culture we live in now with like Instagram, social media, Probably. like the, Probably. the constant, you know, like content we're being bombarded by. It's, it's what I hear from you when you're talking about this, that it's so special and sacred. And even though you're constantly producing these special sacred objects, yes. it almost becomes a magical experience in itself when somebody is discovering that and yes. you haven't, quote unquote, put out this like extra effort to have it be discovered. Yes. So there's a part of me that gets off on that for sure, because it's very unusual in this day and age to stumble upon something yourself. When was the last time you like stumbled on a band that none of your friends have heard about that wasn't through some kind of social media channel or, you know, YouTube or something like that? Well, maybe like being pro is, is owning that, that that's, the way that you love it. That could be, and, and, you know, as always, like I'm meditating on this mm -hmm. and I'm also working on healing, um, old stuff around this idea. Are you referring to shadow work? I am referring <laughs> to shadow work. For our listeners, how would you describe what is shadow work? Shadow work is looking at the parts of you um, and often this can be projected from like exterior life events. So it's really looking at everything that is coming into your experience and um, integrating it until it becomes your power. <clears throat> so a good example of this is 
um, I have a super strong inner critic. Um, and until I was able to admit that, and then let that inner critic start to talk to me without a lot of ego judgment around it. Guess what the inner critic started to tell me? I've been helping you. I've been helping you your whole life, which is absolutely 100% true. So now when the inner critic shows up, I see him. It's a him, by the way. Um, and I can dialogue with him and dial it up or dial it down. Sometimes he comes in and I'm like, actually, I have a ton to do today. There's a, a million things that I want to get done. And he's like, great, let's go. I'm like, great, Is that what you're doing in your meditation practice? So I do it in meditation, but I also teach soul collage. And soul collage has helped me with shadow um, because it is so physical and visual. And you, the process is really, really super, super deep and super, super effective in a very short amount of time. Well, we're going to have a totally different episode <laughs> talking about soul collage. But could you give like a really quick yes. line to explain what that is? Yes. So soul collage is basically collaging on five by eight cards, uh, your own personal Oracle deck that is only for you. So addicting. It is so fun. It's so addicting. And then the hidden thing underneath is that next to meditation, nothing has helped me evolve faster than soul collage has. And I teach that with my friends from Sara, and we are called Art by Magic, and we're really um, super passionate about it. I love Art by Magic. I love Soul Collage. And those of you listening, I'm very um, enthusiastic about this process. Yes. And She will recruit you. I will recruit you. I, I mean, is it not a true thing when people listen to me, they're, like, really happy? Yes. I really helped me make great life decisions. <laughs> right. Follow along. Follow Keep along. Up Keep up, people. Um... <laughs> Okay, I just want to honor you for the work you've done, the way you show up for people, the magic that you bring every day to every person, and you really provide a loving, open space for people to show up how they are. Yeah. So I just want to honor you for that work. It is literally my pleasure, and again, like I really feel like Wherever we are, we're all doing the best we can with what we know and what we have had up until now. And I have seen such extraordinary things happen for people that I know that wherever you are, there's, that's good enough. And also there's so much potential. So it's like easy for me. Like I'm excited. It's my passion. Like it's, it's, it's easy. I love it. It's yeah. So where can people find you? Where can they get meditation? Where can they attend? Where's all the information? (laughs) So I am Jessica Snow. And if you Google me, you'll find a lot of stuff. My website is youaremagicla.com. The Soul Collage is at artbymagic.com, which is actually, well, you'll see it on my uh, website. You can link to it from there. Um, And then on Instagram, I'm at meditation underscore Jess. Um, and yeah, the, the number one way, if you just want to for free, kind of like get into this is like, go to the website. There's a ton of free stuff. There's always free meditations there. And then sign up for my newsletter, my email list, because I'm putting so much 
really, really inspiration into each one of those. And a lot of people tell me that they really look forward to them every week. And it is, I often will throw in some free secret links in there for meditations that I feel like match the zeitgeist. I don't know. It's just like you the got easiest all way. Yeah. yeah you, that, that's like the, the top tier of um, getting involved. Well, thank you so much. I definitely want to have you. This is very fast. I, I, I want to have you back on again <laughs> another time to talk about soul collage with Samsara. I would love that. And just the power and um, magic of that. I know. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yay. Magic. Magic. That's a wrap for today on the Healer Dealer podcast. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review, let me know what you loved about it, and pass along to your family and friends. Thank you so much for being here. Hope to see you next time. Cheers.